you're here at the church, uh, and I get to work with the coolest staff and coolest leaders ever. If you're thinking to yourself, man, I've never been here before, but this seems pretty cool. We do it every single week, all the time, and you should come back and be with us again. Junior high is great, and I'm happy you're here. So uh, this week was a very interesting week for me. It was a tough week. Uh, I started off my week actually pretty poorly. I was driving down the road, and, and this has happened. I'm sure it's happened to you. You are in the zone, okay? So whatever your mode of transportation is, for me, it's my car. For some of you, it's your bicycle. For some of you, it's your you know, skateboard. For some of you, it's your shoes with wheels on them, which is kind of you know, goofy, but I'm still for it. Some of you, you walk. Some of you, you might hitchhike. And you know, I'm joking, hitchhiking is wrong. Don't hitchhike. Some of you, you get in your zone driving your bike or riding on your skateboard, and it's like nothing else is around you. Well, this happened to me. I'm in my car driving, and I'm actually driving right out here at church. I'm about to pull in to the Mariner's parking lot and head toward the student center, and I have my sunglasses on, so you got to imagine me with my sunglasses, just listening to my favorite band, dude, Taylor Swift, and she just... So tight, and I'm singing the songs. I know the words, of course, and and I'm just in the zone. My glasses are on, and because here's the thing: when I moved to California, uh, the very first thing I bought was a pair of flip flops because I moved from the Midwest. Flip flops and a pair of sunglasses, and I have worn essentially sunglasses almost every day I've been in California. And like, and these are like amazing. I just got these. These are like brand new, nice Oakleys, not like the like the garbage ones we give you guys in junior high. Uh, I mean, no, no, I mean like the really nice. You guys get really nice ones in junior high. I mean, I mean, you guys get great ones. Uh, uh, these are ugly, so they're just a little bit more, you know, more expensive. And I am in the zone, I'm wearing them, and a guy riding his bicycle, and I just, as I'm turning, I just kind of sort of almost like run him over, kind of, because I didn't notice him. He was there, and he kind of, you know, and he stops his bicycle, and he's really angry, and he's dressed. And this is the guy that takes riding bicycles just way too, he's the way too serious guy. He's the guy that puts on a superhero costume and his gigantic like helmet that has like TV and satellite dish in it and his like, you know, utility belt of water bottles and other weird bike things. And he's like, what's up, man? Why would you do that? I can't believe he hits my car. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I missed you. I have my sunglasses. I'm just in a totally different world. And he's like this. And this is the best part. He's like, you suck, man. I'm out of here. And he hops his bike, starts bicycling away. And that's just so the best way to end an argument and someone hopping on a bike and riding away that's just embarrassing and that was his deal and I walked away from that I was like man I was like I feel so bad I almost ran the guy over and I wasn't paying attention I thought about it and it's like I sometimes that happens to me all the time like I'm walking through life and there's stuff I see the stuff you know kind of the stuff I want to see like I see that stuff all the time the stuff I want to see that I like the things that make it easy for me to kind of live the life that I have and but sometimes I get in my zone and I miss stuff I think we all miss stuff I think you guys in junior, I think you guys miss stuff. I think you don't just miss things, I think you miss people. I think we miss people more oftentimes than not. And last week we talked about being generous. And being generous isn't just being generous with your money or your possessions or, you know, your talents, but being generous with your time. And here's the thing, I have not been generous with my time. You know, especially in that, like I was in my zone thinking of all my own stuff, all about me, and I wasn't thinking about anybody else. You know, generosity changes the way we look at people and we look at the world. But sometimes in order to see that, you have to be willing to take your glasses off and see what's right in front of you. Now, here's the thing. You very rarely, and I am with this too, I very rarely take the time to really see what's right in front of me. I miss stuff all the time. But do you know what I think? Generosity tells us that if we're truly generous, we're going to see the stuff that's right in front of us, even when it's not what we normally see. We're going to see things because God's going to help us see them. Now, here's the best part. 
The Bible talks about this. This is so good. If you have your Bibles, open them up and grab out your happenings. I want you to take notes on this. It is my favorite book out of what Paul wrote called Philippians. It's one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. I really like this book. Because this book is a lot like you guys. A very young church. They're still figuring things out. And Paul writes them this letter saying, listen, young church. You guys don't have it all figured out yet. You're still trying to figure things out. So I'm going to give you a couple tips that will help you really kind of springboard who you are as a Christian and your relationships and how you know people. We're going to help get that moving. And this is what he said to this very young church on page 951. And this is what he said. This is very important stuff. Philippians chapter 5, or Philippians chapter 3, verses uh, 3 through 5. This is what it says. Do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others before yourselves. Now, that's difficult. That, that not only is that not easy, it's rare that we do that. It's very, I think it's a very rare thing to value other people before ourselves. That's a really big, it's very rare. It's a very big deal. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you, the interests of others, in your relationships with one another, have the mindset of Christ Jesus. Now, here's the thing. We question, well, where does generosity come from? I think generosity comes from God. The idea of generosity comes from God. And this is how it comes from God. In God's loving generosity, he says, you know what? You know, God, I, I got all my fun stuff in heaven. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's here. And Jesus is here. And just all, all the angels are here. They're worshiping me. And you know what? You know what, though? I notice you guys. Like, I'm not too busy to see what's happening in your lives. I'm not too distracted to see what's happening. You're not unimportant to me. I'm not so busy and so consumed with what I think is important that the things that are important to you, I'm missing. No, no. God says, because you are so important to me, I will notice the things about you that you think are important. And even when you don't think you're worth noticing... I'm going to notice you all the more. Even when you think you don't deserve to be noticed, even when you think you're an outsider and no one notices you, God says, I notice you. Now, here's the difficult part. He expects us to see this as an example and hopefully connect it to our own lives, that we do the things that he did. Well, how do we do that? Well, Jesus said, you know what? I know what I'm going to do. Instead of just talking about it, I'm actually going to do something to show you what it looks like. And he has three, and these are the ones I picked. There are many more. These are the three examples that I loved. I fell in love with these examples. Here's the first one. And this is so good because you can apply this right to These are all stories too, so you can write this down. You can go home. You can read them later. The first story, this is so good. This first story is about a woman who thought she was unworthy, about an unworthy woman. Now, the woman at the well, you might know this story. She was a woman that had a huge past, a lot of rumors about her, big reputation, no one liked her. And she actually, you know, in their time, they would have to go to the well to get water. And what she would do is go during the hottest part of the day when no one else wanted to go because she was like, well, I don't want to see other people. And when I do, they're going to make fun of me. And they're going to be like, oh my gosh, there she is. There's that girl. Like, she's the girl that considers herself to be totally unworthy. And she's like, you know what? I want to avoid people. And that's what she does. She secludes into herself and stays away from people, and this guy, Jesus, showed up, and he said, you know what? You know what, young lady, girl that thinks they shouldn't be noticed and thinks they're unworthy and people have said things and stories are happening, you know what? You are really important to me. I notice you. You're valuable, and I'm going to have a conversation with you, and that is the story of the woman at the well, and you can read all about it in John. You can write that down. This is like the best gift ever, the gift of amazing stories, and you know what? If that wasn't enough, there's more, because Jesus thought it would be really important to include another great example of how to be generous with seeing people the way God sees them. This is, uh, this is his second example. This is really good. Uh, the outcast. 
Now, you might think of yourself, or maybe you know someone who's an outcast or is considered to be an outcast. This guy, Matthew, in the Bible, he was a tax collector. Now, we've talked about tax collectors, right? Yeah? yeah. What do we know about tax collectors? Does, do people like tax collectors? Why do people not like tax collectors? Because they take your money. Is it fun to have your money taken? No, of course not. Can you have a real friendship if people, if it's all about money and people taking money? And No, you can have a real friendship like that. And Matthew was that guy. He was an outcast, didn't really have any friends, and the friends he did have, they wanted to be his friends only because he was willing to pay for stuff. Imagine if that's what your friendships were. Only because you were willing to pay for stuff, people wanted to hang out with you. And then when the money dries up, and there's no more money, and you can't pay for the movies anymore, pay for dinner anymore, then they don't want to be your friend anymore. That was Matthew. And Jesus walked into his neighborhood, saw him sitting there at his tax collector booth, and said this, Matthew, drop what you're doing and come follow me. I want to hang out with you. I want to go to your house for dinner, and they do. Now, this blew everyone's mind because everyone's looking at him the way actually probably people would look at you at school if you were the one reaching out to the kid sitting alone at the lunch table, the kid who is at his locker, who never talks to anybody, doesn't really have any friends, and everyone kind of knows, and there's a big story around it, and you're the one who goes up to him and says, hey, you can come sit at my lunch table. Hey, you don't have to be excluded. You're included. You're not an outcast. You belong. Jesus used this as an example to us, that even when it's difficult to accept and, and welcome and say hello and be generous with inviting people, even when it's difficult, God says, I did it. Like, I did the thing that you think is so difficult to do. I did it. And you know what? I lived to tell about it. Because he went and he included him, and it changed the way Matthew lived his life and the way he looked at God and looked at himself. If that wasn't enough, there's more. There's even more. This is so good. The gift that keeps on giving, the gift of stories. Here is the very last one. This guy, his name was Zacchaeus, and he was a huge sinner, right? Messed up all the time. This is a really big deal. He had his friends, and all his friends were sinners. He was a tax collector, too. And he was the guy, I mean, he was really known in his neighborhood. Like, think of your school, like, really known in your school. Like, he was that guy, the guy that no one wanted to hang out with. And he had money, and that was kind of a good deal. But all of his friends, they all did the worst stuff. And no one wanted to socialize with him or go to dinner with him or see him. Jesus came and had a totally different perspective on how to do this. He actually went to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was up in a tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house for dinner. And you might think, well, why did he do that? Well, it's actually pretty powerful. It's actually a really good reason. It's actually the reason why we do life groups the way we do them, in homes, in the community, hanging out with people around a table. That's what it was like in the early church. That's how they did it then. And they'd get everyone together, and they'd have a discussion. They'd do this whole thing. And Jesus was modeling that, saying, hey, let's go to, let's go to your house. Let's have dinner. I want to hang out with you. I want to get to know your friends. I want you to invite them over. And even though people were outside whispering and murmuring, which we know how that feels, to be murmured about and whispered about, and, oh, sh I can't believe she's hanging out with her. I can't believe what he's doing. And the whispers and the gossip and the opinions and the stories and everything that people have said that you are, and, and it's on display, and it's hurtful, and it's happening and it's real and you feel like you're unworthy and you feel like you are an outcast and you feel because of your past that you can't be accepted and Jesus in every single scenario says you belong you matter and you know what the best part is because you matter I'm going to teach the people that care about me to value everyone else the exact same way to care about people who aren't cared about you know this is the thing about Jesus that I love Jesus was a guy that went after the minority not the majority 
He didn't go after the majority of people who said, you know what, I dress this way, and I talk this way, and I look this way, and it's, and it's easy, and e even if things are going on in my life, like even if difficult things are happening, you know, I just put up the smile on, and, and things are fine, and, and you know, even, you know, maybe divorce is happening in my family, I know that's happening, you know, maybe bullying's happening, I was just talking to a kid like literally 10 minutes ago who's telling me he's bullied at school, he doesn't want to go back, like that happened literally in this room 10 minutes ago, in the back, I was talking to a kid about that, so this stuff is real stuff, and you might think, well, you know what? what? You know, this is, you know, this is how I feel, right? Like, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of like the, the minority sometimes. I feel like I'm like the one who's like out there and, and, and guess what? Jesus is the one that says, I want to spend my time with you. Not the majority who act like they have it all together. I want to go after the ones who are like, yeah, this is me. Things are messed up. I'm broke. My life's a mess. Things are blown up. I'm not going to fake like everything's fine when things aren't. Things are, it's okay for things not to be fine. And Jesus says, this is so good. I want to be around the outcasts. There's going to be a, a time when in your life you find yourselves as the minority. I don't know when that time's going to be. Maybe you find yourself in that time right now. But there's going to be a moment where you find yourself the minority in your school. Maybe here in junior high you feel like you're the minority for whatever reason. You are made to feel that way. And if you do, we should talk after because we need to solve it together. Maybe in your life group you feel the minority. Maybe in your family you feel like you're the minority. Maybe divorce is happening and you feel you're the reason why. You don't know what to do about that. You feel like the minority. Maybe bullying has happened and that's terrible and you feel like the minority. There's going to come a time in your life where at some place you feel like you are the minority. And this is what Jesus says in that moment. In that moment, you will not be alone. In that moment, you'll have someone that cares for you. In that moment, you're going to find a place that you can belong. In that moment, you're going to have a God that says you, even your darkest moment, you're going to have a moment with God where he says you matter and you belong and you can have a place to belong. And this is what's so good. Jesus explains this in the Bible, in the book of Matthew, in a really big and important way. In Matthew 25, this is what he says. I want you guys to open up your Bible to Matthew 25 because this is so good. Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. It's on page 806. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but I'm going to hit some key points to it. Because this is what's happening in the book of Matthew. They're having this big interaction between Jesus and a group of people. And Jesus is essentially telling them this story of what Jesus values, whatever the most important thing is. Now, we all have a list of what we consider to be the most important thing. You know, maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's a person. You think this person is the most important thing in your life. Maybe it's a, a vacation or a moment in time, a memory you have. This is the most important thing. I treasure this. I want to keep it forever. Uh, maybe it's something you're looking forward to. Your future to you is the most important thing. So you're going to practice really hard and get good grades in school and do all these things in hopes that this future, this thing you want more than anything is the most important thing. Well, Jesus talked about what to him was the most important thing. And this is how the story unfolded. Jesus was talking and using an example of a, of a king. And he was telling this king, uh, was telling his people about all the great inheritance that they were going to get, all the, the gifts they were going to get, all the, the wealth they were going to get, all the, the goodness, all these great things they were going to get. And he explained to him why he was getting all these good things. And th the funny thing was that the group of people, like they didn't understand how this applied to them. See, he was saying, you know, I remember when I was, you know, sick and you took care of me. And I remember when I was uh, alone and, you know, you included me. And I remember when I was, you know, I had no shelter and you gave me shelter. And when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I remember all those times. And I remember that you were there for me. And thank you. And the people, they looked at it and they were like, wait, I don't understand. This is what it says. It says it right in verse, uh, starting with verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, 
When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, needy of clothes and close you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king replied, truly I tell you. This is so good. If you miss this verse, it's like you didn't even show up today. You got to get, this is like the biggest moment verse, like in the whole day today. If you don't get this, it's like you fell asleep and you were sleeping there with your eyes open, which is freaky. No one likes people sleeping with their eyes open. Ever been to camp and someone's sleeping in your cabin with their eyes open and you wake up to go to the bathroom and they're staring right at you and you're like, whoa, and, but they're sleeping and it's freaky? That's what I would be experiencing. A bunch of freaky people in a room staring at me while they're sleeping if you miss this verse. This is so good. This is what it says. I don't want you to miss this. The king replied, truly I tell you, whenever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. This is what he's saying. When you noticed people out there, people who weren't me, they didn't need to be me. When you noticed people out there and you took care of them, it was like you were taking care of me. When you saw that kid out over there at their lunch table alone and they needed somewhere to sit and you were the one who said, come sit at my table. You can sit with me. You matter. You don't have to be alone. It's like you invited Jesus to your table. When you went to the locker of the kid next to you, this is the best thing in the world. You guys have lockers. There's kids next to you who probably need you to be their friend. This is so good. And you get to turn to the person whose lockers next to yours and say, hey, What's your name? Hey, you should come to church with me. Hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, you matter. Hey, I just want to let you know God cares about you. That is beautiful. And when you do it for that random person at your school, it's like you're doing it for Jesus. Now, the thing was that these people, they weren't doing all this Jesus God stuff. Like they were just being nice, reasonable people who were caring for people no one cared about. They weren't pursuing, the, you know, learning the Bible. They weren't memorizing verses. They weren't in a life group. They were just normal people living life, caring about people. So they were confused how they did all these things for the king. Now, there's another side of that coin. There's a group of people, they thought they had it all together. They, they went to church every week, temple. They memorized verses. They went to a life group. They went to camps. They, went, they, had, they had it all together. And the king said, hey, you, you get nothing. Like, there, you didn't care. Like, when I needed help, you weren't there. When I needed something to eat, you just looked at me and looked the other way. When you were living life, you were just living life with sunglasses on, not seeing anything else around you other than what was important to you. You didn't put yourself second or third. You put yourself first. You never looked to anyone else. And because of that, you don't get any of this good, awesome stuff. You actually get, like, pretty terrible, pretty lame stuff. And they were looking at him and saying, well, well what? I don't understand, King. We're, like, the, we're the people in life groups. We know tons of stuff. We memorize verses. We get the happenings. We worship. We were on the album. We, we did a CD. We were on the album. How are we the ones? And this is what he said. This is so good. Verse 44. Also, they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger and in needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? When did we not do these things? Well, you know, we, we study all the time and we're always taking care of the stuff that we think is important and we're learning things and verses and teaching people and blah, blah, blah and all these things. When did we, this is what the king said, this is so important. If you guys miss this, huh, it's, I'm going to have to eat my own hand if you guys miss this. This is like the most important thing ever. You guys got to pay attention. Wake up. Here it is. Verse 45. He will reply, truly I tell you. This is so, if you guys miss this, this is like the moment. I need to build up this. This is the moment, okay? Because this is the moment that you're going to hear this verse. And some of you are going to be like, this is the, what's going to happen. Half of you are going to be like, oh, that sounds good, whatever. And you're going to keep living your life. 
Some of you in this room are going to hear this verse, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is what? That's what you're going to say. You're going to hear. That's how big this verse is. You're going to hear this verse, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it means. Whoa. Why didn't, anyone, why didn't you say that the first day of junior high? If you would have said this the first day of junior high, I wouldn't have been drawing alien notes on my happenings page for the last three years. Eighth graders. <laughs> this is that kind of a verse that changes everything. If you hear this, it changes everything. Listen to this, because this is what the king, this is what Jesus is saying that he's going to say to the people who thought they had it all together, who thought they were doing all the right stuff, who thought about what was right for them and not about what was right for other people. This is what he said. This is, for half of you, you're going to be like, whatever. Half of you, this is going to change the course of your entire life, because I believe the Bible has the power to change people's lives. And I think your life can be changed right now. And this is what it says. This is so good, because Jesus is saying this. This is what he says. How uh, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you didn't do for one of the least of these, you didn't do for me. Whatever you didn't do for the least of these, you didn't do for me. Whatever you didn't do for the kid who's alone and has no one at school, it's like you didn't do it for me. Wh whoever, whatever you didn't do for the person that you, listen, and I love school so much. I just love it. I love education, and I love sports, and I love dressing in clothes, and blah, blah, blah. I love all those things, okay? Uh, do you know what I love the most? I love that you guys are so in tune with what's happening in the lives of other students. I love that you can listen in and hear, because, you know, people talk, and you can hear the, the students who their families are just exploding, and the students who are just, you know, they just got dumped, and they feel like garbage, and they feel like they have no value. You hear those stories. Like, you hear those stories, and you have a way of, of looking at them the way Jesus does. Like, you have the way to look at them the way Jesus does and completely flip the script of what they expect life to be. Because that's what you expect life to be, right? Like, you expect life to be the, well, I'm going to live life and, you know, whatever, and people are going to put labels on me and call me a weirdo and call me a freak and say that I'm lame and I'm a dork. And, this. and I don't agree with any of those labels. I think they're poisonous. I think they're terrible. But I believe they happen, and you guys know they happen. And this is what Jesus is saying. When you care about the person that, that's unexpected, the person that, that people would look at you and be like, why are you talking to that person? That's the person you should be talking to. And to Jesus, when you do those things for those people who need it, it's like you're doing it for them. I mean, it's like Jesus is sitting there, and he's like, he's the one receiving it. When you welcome people to your table, it's like welcoming Jesus in. When it's talking to the person who has no one else to talk to, it's like talking to Jesus. When you're looking at people, take off your sunglasses. Listen, listen. Take off your sunglasses. You guys got to go to school differently tomorrow. If you guys go to school tomorrow the same way you came to church today, you're blowing this, okay? And half the room is like, whatever, clash of clans, or I'm weird, you know, whatever. Okay, don't worry about them. The other half of the room that's like, you know what? Like, this is, like, I didn't, the way I look at people, when I look at people the way Jesus does, it changes everything? Yes. So, so what are we going to do about that? I mean, you know, what does it look like to be fearless? When we're in this whole fearless thing, what does it look like to be fearless for you? Like, for you to be fearless today, like, what does that look like to go to school tomorrow and treat people and look at people the way Jesus looks at people? What does it look like to be fearless today? And, you know, forget, maybe you're thinking, oh, today, what impact can I make today? You know, today is pretty lame. What about a year from now? You know, think of if you went to school tomorrow, and seventh graders, you guys got the best deal ever in this. Seventh graders, I mean, you're on track for the future. You're going to be my future eighth graders, leaders in the room. A year from now, what would it look like if your school, if a year from now, you were the one who was leading the charge, and here's the best part, because I know my, all the seventh graders, like, probably better than I know anyone else, other than my personal group of eighth graders, 
I know the leadership that exists in seventh grade. I know the leadership that exists in seventh grade. I know the boldness that exists in seventh grade. I know the fearlessness that exists in seventh grade. I know the passion that exists in seventh grade. And I know that you guys can go to your school and a year from now it could be a totally different thing if you're the one who says, no, no, we need to look at people the way Jesus does. Well, we're going to get started on that in a very small way, in a big way. It's actually a thing that we're doing across the entire church. It's called Fearless. And we're going to get the opportunity in junior high to do two small ways, two little nudges in the right direction of valuing and looking at people first before ourselves and looking at people the way Jesus does. And we have two big asks, two big things that we're going to involve ourselves in. Because I like doing stuff that you know, benefits us, and that's, that's okay, and the benefits of church. We're going to do stuff that benefits other people because we're going to be about other people. And you guys need to be thinking about other people differently. And here's the best part, 100% participation. Every adult, every student, every child in our church is involved in this. And we in junior high have specific things we're doing. And here's the best part. This is so good. You guys are going to blow this out of the water because no one in this church is like my junior hires. I'm going to invite Adam up, and he's going to tell you about what we as a group are going to do to be fearless over the next month. Here we go. Adam, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> 